1: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
0: Hello, and welcome to the AEW Rampage review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review this Friday's episode never know which day they put it on, of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, pay-per-views, premium live events, we have interviews, round table discussions, and a round of the week complete with a quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to review.
1: Yeah, baby. <laughs> and it sure was. It sure was Rampage. I honestly had a little bit of fun with this. Yeah. There were elements where I thought, you know what? This is over-delivered. And there were elements where I thought, you know what? I should have had higher hopes for this match because it's really fun. And there's a few moments in it that I thought were good. such a a low bar like I'm just so detached from the show we've talked ceaselessly about the the rampage quality and just how inessential and small time and like missable it is and you know it's one of those I could have went my entire life nicely without thinking Jesus Christ that May episode of rampage can't believe I missed that can't believe that was spoiled for me. God, those unforgettable moments. Never happens, ever. But, you know, if you can... That's the thing. I know I can get boring, and I know I can get pedantic, but I hate not having that, oh, it's AW! Mm, Yeah. And it's content. This is good content, mostly, but it was still very much content.
0: Uh, a few more weeks, and then maybe that feeling will come colliding back in. I don't know. Collisions. What? Just do the recap, and I'll give you my thoughts. Fair enough. Uh, Bull Combat Club, John Moxley, Claudio, and Wheeler Yuta uh, versus the best amigos started out this show. Um, Bandido just showcasing his brilliant talents immediately. Um, Moxley takes him to the corner. Bandido flips out. It's a drop kick. Um, and uh, I like the fact that you alluded to this on the preview, in fact, that they made reference of, yeah, um, the best friends are kind of pissed off with yeah. Wheeler Utah for just sort of leaving him in the lurch. After sort of stepping up when Trent got injured and then going, oh, has had his head turned by the Blackpool Combat Club. And that was exemplified by Chuck Taylor slamming him into the barricade here. Um, the best friends cleared the ring, stereo dives, Bandido hit a bloody Asai moonsault. Uh, that took us to a break. Uh, no, it didn't, just not yet, because Trent went for a big crossbody on Moxley when they sent them back inside. But Claudio hit a huge uppercut out of the air for a knockdown to take us to the break. When we come back, um, Chuck's in trouble, but uh, he managed just to hit a tornado DDT on Moxley. Badido gets the hot tag, comes in, Tornillo out of the corner, springboard Hurricane a pin uh, or a pin attempt uh, for a two count. He sets up for the delayed vertical suplex. Yuta makes the save, though. Um, but uh, in come the best friends, and they hit that soul food half-and-half uh, half combo thing that they do. Uh, there's a big moment where the best amigo's got to give the... People what they want. Uh, Taylor hits Uta with a snap pile driver. Taylor tries that seatbelt pin of Wheeler Uta's. Uh, Moxley breaks it up though by just coming in with a drop kick, and uh, everyone starts hitting big moves. Taylor sets up for the awful waffle, gets cut off. Moxley death rider and the rocket launcher from Claudio and Uta simultaneously uh, gets the one two three.
1: I just love the continuity in this promotion. Like even if the big storyline's on hitting. Like, there's always stuff bubbling under the surface. There's always stuff that's remembered. There's always this these nice little reminders that AEW just tell very different stories. That again, when they're major storylines, the angles aren't really hitting. There's still that years-long continuity that no one loses track of, or they very rarely lose track of. So I just love to see belt law. And it just gives you the impression that every last little thing that you see in the storylines on the television program matter mm. to these characters and then they're just it's easier for the purposes of immersion to believe what you're watching so i really appreciated those sequences i thought going into this match that the stuff that would blow me away the most would be the exchanges between bandido and claudio they were as fantastic as you would expect mm-hmm. like the timing of those rana reversals was just magnificent you really thought if they were like a nanosecond off, Mm -hmm. Claudio's head was getting driven against that canvas. But I loved especially the exchanges between Trent and Wheeler Yuta. Mm. Like they realize as wrestlers and storytellers that they've got this bad blood that again, simmers. It's not really emphasized in the narrative, but it matters to them and they'll never really forget. And they just worked their sequences, A real sense of competitive energy, Mm -hmm. as if to say, all right, you think you're a better wrestler than me and you think you're going to be a better wrestler um, than me by joining these. Well, I'll tell you what, I will pull the deepest arm drag you've ever seen as a counter <laughs> and you never expect it and I'll fly you across the ring and see how much you can, how little you can learn from me when I do stuff like that to you. So I thought loads of character work, loads of continuity, manifesting in some lovely liquid exchanges. And I'll tell you one thing that I really loved about this as well, how it all sort of, Pays off the idea of why John Moxley turned heel, and the wrestler he is now as a heel, the character and the story he's telling now. Um, so the idea is that in the Texas Death Match, after they were so close throughout their TV program, Hangman Page turned the violence around on John Moxley, who tried to do a big um, Bruiser Brody cosplay, this sort of retro macho, um, old school type of showing that you're a badass wrap the chain around his neck, try to be this big badass. And Hangman Page is like, well, I'll just strangle you then because you're an idiot. Yeah. And you're just trying to cosplay as a badass because you're obsessed with it when you don't know what it really takes anymore. And I love how they developed this or how Moxley rather developed this when the sequence where Trent hit him with a German and he did yes. the, and he did the strong style pop-up and defiant raw. Trent hits him with another one He pops up with a strong style, defiant roar, and then realizes, oh, hang on, I've been knocked loopy here and just falls over. Kyle O'Reilly-esque. Yes, it was Kyle O'Reilly-esque. And I just love that from a character perspective. This guy is taking shortcuts now. He's being a bully now. He's been exposed as the inferior brawler to Hangman Page in storyline, and now he's, like, overcompensating. And he's trying to... Like, you know when a football manager is, like, getting accusations of you're finished, your tactics are all wrong, and you really need to evolve to stay in the game. And they just defiantly play four, four, two and the long ball and all these things that they know don't work for them anymore. But that's all they know. And that's Moxley doing a pro wrestling version yeah. of this. He's really like trying that. to embody the badass without really remembering what it is that it takes to be a badass. And I just love the slapstick element of this. Great, showing ass in a really unique way to John Moxley. I had lots and lots of fun with this genuinely throwaway filler, all action, well-worked, but nothing you'll remember. But there was just a lot of thought went yeah. into this. And that's what I love. I, I say this all the time. The thought that goes into a good AEW match, let alone the excellent, blowaway, away memorable ones. Like, the thought that goes into these, you're on Rampage 10 minutes, put something together. and They really care about yeah. putting it together. So, yeah, I had a lot of time for this, and I enjoyed it. Uh, we got a promo from Carl
0: Fletcher next, uh, explaining his attack on Orange Cassidy. He says, I was born and raised in bloody Australia, made a name for myself in England via WCPW. He uh, didn't say that. He didn't say that, but no, I added that. Uh, I won titles in Japan and won titles in the US. Uh, look, no one is more fitting than me to be AEW International Champion.
1: Got a good case for it.
0: Sets up the match for AEW Dynamite that you will be in attendance
1: for. Who did the report? I can't remember who did the report. But um, it was reported that the reason why they're pushing Orange Cassidy so hard is to soft launch and level up the international title as a world title that could potentially carry collision. Who called that? Yeah. Who said weeks ago, international is a synonym of world this is a pretty deft, insidious way of making it feel over time like, you know what? This is kind of like a world title, actually, as opposed to just saying, oh, this is a world title. Take it seriously. Yeah. But you can't. So they're trying to do the hard work. I don't necessarily like diluting the world title, but there's a way they have to do it. This is a far superior way. PW
0: Insider's Mike Johnson with that report. Very credible man. Uh, then we got the uh, Jade Cargill TBS Championship Open Challenge. Uh, well, several, in fact. Um, beforehand, Excalibur, with footage, talks about Taya Valkyrie failing in a challenge of the TBS Championship, but obviously they, they banned the road to Valhalla. Um, and then she obviously tried to hit uh, on referee Aubrey Edwards and got suspended, but that suspension's over. Um so, first up, Jay Cargill uh, took on Danny B, who must have been absolutely buzzing to challenge for the title. Uh, it's a shame because Danny B was uh, already in the ring because I had my money on her music being Sting. Um, Cargill. What? Jane Cargill. I don't get it. Danny B. Sting. What? bees have got a, a little <laughs> off. Rule of three. She's buzzing to try and challenge for the title. Use yeah, and sing. I get it now. I, uh, I'm an idiot, but you're a bigger one. Okay. Uh, so Target <laughs> hits her with a forearm, fall away slam. Uh, she got the win via the pump kick, which was interesting, because I th- thought she'd target the bee's knees. Uh, but she went to 58-0. oh. what's your thoughts? None. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> uh, Uh, Mark Sterling runs his mouth and says, oh, is that the best you've got to offer, Texas? We thought it'd be this bloody pathetic, so let's have someone else. Uh, And out comes uh, Genesis, who has an amazing story, by the way. They sort of just threw this away on commentary. uh, And I was like, well, don't uh, don't overlook that fact. It's an incredible story that she's got. Um, Where is it? I've got it here. She, uh, she was a trainee's Dustin Rhodes Wrestling Academy. She had a stroke, was paralyzed, and has learned to walk and speak again, and then has got back into pro wrestling.
1: Amazing. That's amazing. So much so that if, obviously, if she's not there and she's green and she's a trainee, I'm not advocating that she defeats Jade Cargill. No. I am not saying that. But with that kind of marketable backstory... If they, for example, because that's pure babyface, fair, that. Oh, God, yeah. If they wanted to, he up Tony Storm out of her title challenge at Double or Nothing. One, which is a bit cruel for beating someone who's experienced that. And two, you potentially soft launch a babyface with an incredibly admirable story. And remember when they took the Road 2 seriously or even did the Road (laughs) 2 and they built TV matches with these sit-down interviews, sometimes with a talking head. Like, it used to be a really good program. That would have been great yeah. to like potentially plant a seed of, well, she can't lose. She's faced tougher adversity than a TV match, you know? Yeah. Maybe a bit uh, profligate.
0: Yeah, in the match itself, she just got... Her ass kicked. Yeah, Jade was like, he can have one shot for free, and then I'm just going to whip you into the ropes, spear you, and hit Jade to go to 59. And I like
1: that, though. The ropes should be employed as a weapon far more than yeah. they are in pro wrestling. You forget that they're meant to be a weapon. An Irish whip, realistically... It's meant to be a whip into the ropes because the ropes hurt. Mm. Um, I understand that the modern style has evolved well past that. You have to use the ropes to get over in front of a modern audience. I'm not stupid, but if you can throw someone at them with sufficient force, you could take it back to the past a little bit. Yeah. And they did here. I thought that was a great,
0: really creative spot. Uh, then Mark Sterling gets on the mic again. He's like, you think what I'm thinking?
1: Let's go for the big 60 and Oh. <laughs> Sorry, that was the Sidgwick. Are you a dickhead, Claxon? Are you a hypocritical dickhead? Because you hate impromptu matches. If you listened to the promos from Mark Sterling, it was apparent that they'd actually scheduled these matches. And they weren't, bring someone else out from the back right now. I'm booking the show. It was careful to You've got five minutes. All right, we'll see how many people we can be in Exactly. They were careful to differentiate. Trust me, I don't even care about defending Rampage anymore. But (laughs) I thought just to get ahead of anything. Um, so another challenger comes out, but before
0: anything can happen, Ty Valkyrie's music hits. She makes her entrance and lays out this woman. Who, poor girl didn't do anything at that point. Valkyrie storms down to the ring. Uh, Layla Gray goes to her face her and she gets laid out, of course. Um, and, uh, yeah, she storms into the ring, hits Cargo with a huge clothesline, the road to Valhalla, grabs the mic and says, who's that bitch? I'll see you at double or nothing. Um, the rematch is on. With, uh,
1: well, not anything goes, but you're allowed to hit your finisher now, Ty Valkyrie. Yeah, why wasn't that clarified at the start? Well, I wasn't that clarified before the first match? Why in kayfabe is Tony Khan, um, indulging the carny nonsense or probably isn't on the straight and narrow of smart Mark Sterling, only to then say weeks later, oh, yeah, of course he can do that. <laughs> what, what has changed in the legal, um, has there been a, uh, really influential ruling <laughs> yes, in American law that I've missed that now allows her to hit it. Yeah. But they just wanted to do two matches and pad out some time, and this was a really contrived um, way of going about it that, to me, makes zero sense whatsoever. Tony Khan's literally just said, oh, yeah, of you can. <laughs> Which leads me to believe that he didn't care enough about the women's segments in the first place nope. to not overrule it immediately as a nonsense. Mm.
0: Absolutely. So what's
1: changed, Willborn? Uh, nothing pay
0: per view's a lot closer now yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare that's why united healthcare offers flexible budget friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more learn more at uh1.com
1: millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds
0: a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. Uh, Then it was time for the acclaimed and daddy ass versus Vosti athletes um, Tony niece Josh Woods, Ari Devari, um, <laughs> uh Max Bocaster raps about Josh
1: Woods, tiny boss. Like a tiny little boss. Uh, Why would they do that when they know what they've tried and failed resolutely to get off the ground on WWE television? Uh, maybe they don't wa- Maybe they don't watch The Miz, and quite frankly, I can believe that. Why well, would I watch the
0: show, Paul? Why well, would I watch the shoe? Um... I did like, oh man. He's, they talked about it on this, and I thought for, for a second, hang on, where are we? They said uh, Billy Gunn's kind of on the run of his career, and I did think. And I mean, <coughs> folks, where's the lie? It's incredible. I know it's the acclaim for the yeah. most, part. he gets incredible reactions. And the, the stare down and the face off with, the, with everyone and the pose down with Tony Nese. Because a lot of the times it's like, okay, Tony, look at Tony Nese and his tiny knees and his incredible abs. And you go like, okay, well, anyone's going to look inadequate against him. And then Billy Gunn comes in. I was like, oh, maybe not. The old guy actually might have him beat here. Um, So Tony Neese used the opportunity when uh, Billy Gunn's teasing, taking his T-shirt off to attack him. Um, But gunfire straight back, side suplex. Um, They hit scissor timbers. Uh, and everyone, they all scissor for the crowd, but uh, they take too long, and that manages uh, to give varsity athletes time to come back into it and isolate Mattis Caster to take us to a break. When we come back, he makes his comeback. Uh, uh, Billy Gunn beats down Aradavari at ringside. Bowens runs wild, top rope, leg drop on Tony Nice. Uh, Josh Woods gets chucked to the outside by Billy Gunn. Uh, they initially don't manage to hit the arrival. Tony Nice avoids it, hits a spin kick to the face. But as he tries to make a comeback, Bowens hits the arrival. Caster hits the mic drop. One, two, three.
1: Aye, it was fine. It was fine. i tell you what, though. Between this and the main event, I started to think, you know, the little things still work. And I still pop like mm. a rube at the little things. Because when this match first started, because my priorities are like this, I said to myself, well, what's buddy going to wear in a T-shirt? Why are you wearing a T-shirt? Yeah. You're not one of those wrestlers who has something to hide. If anything, you have something to show off. And then it became apparent why he's going to do it, the show of Tony niece he was going to do the abs thing, and then for, what, 30 seconds, uh, Daddy Ass just got the bottom of his T-shirt, started to tease. Ooh. 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 And then decided to take it off. And ah, he got a big and pop by doing it after that. <laughs> I'm a simple-minded person when it comes to professional wrestling. I think way too much about it, by my own admission. Sometimes the magic is as simple as that. I wrote an article, right? Ten shortcuts, ten secrets to a guaranteed pop in wrestling. Okay, mm-hmm. Still on the website, still on YouTube. Where I ran through, right, okay, if you're a desperate pro wrestler and you need to get a reaction, and no matter what you do, you just cannot get these fans to make any noise whatsoever. Like, say if you're Triple H at WrestleMania. <laughs> and you just whatever you do, everyone just thinks it's boring and ponderous and it's deathly silent. Maybe he should read that article. Yeah. Because in it, I go through the 10 guaranteed ways of getting a pop. I won't spoil them all now. Go and check it out. I'll watch the video. And one of them is just disrobing. <laughs> just taking off an article of clothing because the examples I used were Hulk Hogan. Ripping off the T-shirt. Angel Gaza Just ripping off the pants. Whenever you see someone taking something off, you're like, yeah, <laughs> take it all off. <laughs> and now, Daddy Ass is in the pantheon mm. of getting over. They do the trios match at the paper. Are they saving it for collision? The or? Yeah. With the rip away flares. It's like, oh, the old Corder's back. Jay White's in trouble. And oh, no, he's not because he's beat him in 15 minutes. Wrestling is so simple. And I n- realize I'm a massive hypocrite because I like oh, it's got to be intricate. Every detail's got it no, to matter. Doesn't take your clothes off. Saw
0: the the clip doing the rounds again over the weekend of when he just snaps when he gets kicked in the face and he's oh like, my, "You made me bleed my own blood." Oh my god! Angle of the goddamn yeah. Oh my and god! The angles of all time. That. Um, but yeah, do you think they're they're going to do the trios match at the Pape? It's very soon, obviously, and there's already like eight, nine matches on there. Or is it something that maybe I think there's a. Oh, Journalism here. I do genuinely think there's a the trios match for set for dynamite, if I'm not mistaken. For
1: Yeah, and they'll do a challenge there. It's House of Black versus Metal League, AR Fox, That's and it. Blake Christian. Yeah. Remember him from NXT. I
0: don't oh, sh- get the chance
1: to run through this on the preview. Got to see him live in Ring of Honor, he's great. Can you remember very, very early in NXT 2.0 yeah. what Blake Christian was going to be? He's going to be a superhero. Yes. So we'll go through this now. I would have saved it for the preview, but we're not together. Blake Christian, the former, what was his name in the Fed? While you Google that, so Blake Christian, I think was actually shoot entangled romantically with Cora Jade at the time. Yeah, and uh, she Trey Baxter, Trey Baxter, and I think Cora Jade had just won a match. Or Tree Baxter had just lost a match. And either way, they were talking backstage. And I think Trey was like, oh, you know, I suck. I lost or something. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember the context, but I do remember the, uh, the 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 segment. And Cora Jade said something to the effect of, oh, don't get yourself down. You might have lost, but you're still my superhero. Kiss, cuddle, she walks off shot. And then camera zooms in on Tree Baxter. And he goes, oh superhero, and I think they were going to make him a superhero, but then they released him. Yeah. So that's a shame. I would yeah. like to have seen that. Not for the right reasons, mind you. <laughs> uh Speaking of not for the right reasons, QTV! Oh, God.
0: QT Marshall's talking to Aaron Solo about Matt Hardy and they delete an stuff. Um,
1: what but was they, that about? I don't know. Is that because... QTV is a thinly veiled, I hate to use this word in connection with it, satire, parody of the wrestling media, and Matt Hardy gets it in the neck, and they've just mentioned, they've buried Matt Hardy on QTV. They say, ah, oh, these bloody internet just journals just love to bury Matt Hardy. So we're going to do it because we're just like them because we're parodying it for some reason, even though when this company is at its very best, if anything, the level of praise directed towards AEW is... So fair and so nice. Mm. I I think it was just a way of them
0: referencing Hardy's Twitter getting hacked and trying to take credit for it. By the way. Ah, right. mm. Yeah. By the way, you know, Twitter hacks are, are what they are. And a lot of them I'm just like, eh. I will give credit to the hacker. Credit where credit is due. The tweet where they tweeted, hi, this is Matt. I'm really sorry because they tweeted all the, you know, the worst things you could possibly imagine and accusations and not going to deal with it. But <laughs> they tweeted, hi, this is Matt. I do apologize for everything that's gone out. I've got my account back now and, uh, you know, hopefully things can remove, to, re- move, you know, return to normally can move on. Next tweet, psych bitch,
1: still exorted the account. I get a little bit of a pep. Uh, hacking is so awful. You hate hacks. I hate hacks, all especially
0: right. ones who use alliteration. <laughs> um, but Q T Marshall announces he's entered them all within reason into the uh, blackjack battle royale. Signed
1: us up for a title shot? Do you just put your name on a bit of freaking paper? Do you? That was the implication. How many? were well, you, you are running the show, exactly, <laughs> for <well>. Tony. How <laughs> many matches does Q T Marshall want to warrant? Um, I'm excited about double or nothing. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah, all going well to the double or nothing, and yeah. Given who is on the card so far and who isn't, I'm kind of expecting, uh, you know, Takeshita, Roosh, Bandido, like all the great wrestlers in this battle royale. Otherwise, you have to ask questions about who's getting pushed, who's getting TV time in AW right now and why. If that battle royale isn't super loaded with these incredible, underutilized, international, really great talents, then... Questions should be asked. Four big names already confirmed. Obviously, Orange Cassidy's going to be in it.
0: Powerhouse Hobbs is in it. QT Marshall and Aaron Solo are in it. Um, just get them in early. Get them out get of them out early. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: in. laughs> um, do the whole relief angle of, oh, it's going to be good now because the, the low-rent goobers who've ruined Powerhouse Hobbs a bit are out of there.
0: Yeah, I think we saw where they're heading with this. They're just sort of gone, yeah, this hasn't worked, which is what we said from the beginning. But QT Marshall's talking about Hobbs and the poster for AW Collision um, and uh, talking about Miro being on there. uh, And Solo and Harley Cameron talk about Buff Bagwell, Blue Mini into Tanker. Uh, But they say the real story begins on June 17th. By God, I hope so. Did you notice
1: that was the most gentle of CM Punk allusions in QT's Mm. promo here? Like you went, Hobbs is going to be there and other people are going to be there. It's the most gentle hint yet. Tony Giovanni's in the ring.
0: Here come the Hardy Boys. Oh, God. With Brother Zay. Um, It is official. Double or nothing. The three of them against the guns Why? and Ethan Page, where the stipulation being uh, if Team Hardy wins, then they're going to get control of Ethan Page's contract, which really would be poetic justice. Jeff says, hells to the yeah, man.
1: Oh, God.
0: <laughs> That's verbatim, that. Nah. Uh, out comes Ethan He pa- sounded
1: worse than you somehow.
0: Yeah, Ethan Page comes out to the stage and says, look, this has been going on for... F- says, this has been going on for far too long.
1: And I mean... <laughs> Folks, where's the lie? This is the second week in a row where they've apologized for... <laughs> yeah. This is the second week in a row where they've apologized for how long this has been going on. And it ended? So why, if you know it's bad and you're basically saying, right, okay, this is the end, it's the end. Well, it's not because you're going to get more contract stuff, probably. You have to apologize for why this is still going on. When you have have in fact resolved it like,
0: what are we doing here with this? It's a way to get the Hardys on the paper, isn't it? Where you yeah, could probably just hoid them in the Battle Royal, couldn't you? I think you uh, don't want to lose because they're going tag titles future-wise.
1: That's yeah, I, I mean, you know. could just build them up on telly. You just book them well, is what you're saying, yeah. People like the Hardys I no, don't, so I'm not going to say it's a big disgrace, Um, even though I personally think it is. The Hardy Boys are massively over. They kind of always will be at this point. I can understand from a strictly business perspective why... They are going to get an FTR match, um, and why you would want to promote the Hardys as a big deal ahead of that match by putting them on a pay per view. I understand all of this, but my god, everything to do with Ethan Page and Matt Hardy. Can you not just do the Hardys and the Guns as a glorified number one contenders match, so at least feels new? Mm. You know what I mean, rather than yeah continue to tether it, to contract stuff. And Ethan Page and Matt Hardy, oh, yeah, I'm done. What, what was next? Well, um,
0: Ethan Page says he's annoyed at Brother Zay for their history, and uh, he says, look,
1: we were going to become the Moan event. That's so much preferable to literally anything that I've seen from this program so far. And Ethan Page, a Cassidy tag team called the Moan event, and just being a really brash, cocky, heel unit, and they've got, like, contrasting styles, so the yeah. tag matches would be really good. You've just dangled a carrot in front of me there. Yeah. Um, but he's like, shake
0: my hand. And uh, obviously, Brother Zayas doesn't want any, any part of this until it's revealed to all be a ruse because he... Clutches Brother Zay and uh, the guns slide in and attack the Hardys. Chair shots for everyone. Uh, and then they uh, place a chair over Brother Zay's neck and Ethan Page stomps down on it. Will Will Brother
1: Zay ever moan again?
0: Uh,
1: maybe. Uh, how many times? At least Ethan Page wasn't on a Tron, but it's the same difference, really. How many times is his promotion in the last month, maybe two? Six weeks ran the heel is on the tron or heel is in the ring stealing focus from the incoming group of heel attacks Mm. i'm sure we've seen it with stokely hathaway and the firm the bcc have done it quite a bit jericho appreciation society like jesus christ get a new angle get a new
0: angle tk Um, Chris Jericho's on commentary, obviously, for this show, and he cuts a promo saying Adam Cole's a coward, and if he was here, he'd beat his ass. But, of course, Cole's banned from the building. So he appears on screen uh, and says, well, every week I'm going to show up and beat your ass, actually. Uh, And Jericho says, you know what? I've uh, spoken to the lawyers, and we've lifted the legal agreement about you being banned from the building uh, as long as you accept an unsanctioned match with me at double or nothing. And Cole thanks Jericho Uh, accepts the match, Jericho rips up the contract, banning him from the building. Of course, Adam Cole immediately walks in to uh, beat up uh, Chris Jericho. He walks through the crowd, runs up the ramp, and the big brawl between Chris Jericho and Adam Cole, they keep getting separated and coming together. Um, Yeah, excited for that match, a double or nothing.
1: I am, legitimately. um, It'll be loud, it'll be loads of fun. I think it'll be much better than a lot of people are forecasting. I've really enjoyed this wider storyline for reasons I've repeated ad nauseum. I do wish, however, that Adam Cole had issued the challenge. Yeah. Just the babyface saying, I want the fight, you heel arsehole, particularly after what Jericho engineered to happen to Baker. Feels like the babyface should have laid that challenge down. Does unsanctioned match make you think... It's not going on
0: last. <laughs> no, make you think uh, lots of weapons, obviously, interference, and dare I say it, and I'm just completely speculating here, guys, it's maybe hope more than expectation, the return of Kylo O'Reilly?
1: Oh, I hope so. It's gone quiet on Kyle O'Reilly. A few people have intimated that. You know, it's going to slow, the recovery, but he'll be there, he'll be there. They save a return or a debut for a pay-per-view, so if he gets... sort of... Ah, J.A.S. come out, beat him down. Um... Roddy comes out to help. Numbers take advantage. And then Kyle O'Reilly comes on the Tron. And then a returning babyface has a power of like four people or whatever. Yeah, And then he can have the Undisputed Era reuniting. And that can be a happy ending. Or the Numbers game catches up. Adam Cole's got about five minutes already. He's got Bandido and Orange Cassidy. Of course, yeah. By extension, he's now got Chucky T and Trent. Adam And Keith Lee as well. Oh, yeah? Like, yeah, that's a bit much. What if um,
0: they don't come out? Roddy does, though. Kyle comes out, but the numbers game catches up to him. He's crawling and crawling. He's finally got away from Hager or whatever. Leans over to the crowd. Someone hands him a beer. He does one 12-ounce curl, and that brings it all
1: back to him. Cool Kyle O'Reilly kicks everybody's ass. Yeah, he remember remembers training at the hands of Evon Wagner. Uh, right, main event time.
0: Uh, it's
1: not even that much of a relief this week. No.
0: Um, Henry voiced a video package this time and uh, obviously ended with... Well, looks like we've had enough talk. It's time for the main event. Bishop Khan versus Dustin Rhodes. Uh, I thought it was a nice sort of cyclical nature, very selfishly for the two of us. Nice cyclical nature to this because a few years back, Dustin Rhodes obviously worked Dublin. I think that was my f- lucky enough to be the my first AW show that I went to. And he bled in an absolute gusher. And he did it here on the eve of you, yeah. going to your first AEW show in Las Vegas. Um, Bishop Khan attacks Rhodes as soon as he gets in the ring. Uh, Rhodes close eyes him to the floor. Um but the spot that busted him open kicked ass. Bishop Khan reverses the whip into the corner, and you think, oh, okay, he's going to get posted. And then he came right into our living room. He just <laughs> went face first into the camera, spilled to the floor, and he's busted wide open. Um, understandably, go to a break there. When we come back, um, Rhodes is fighting from underneath, tries his snap power slam, but Khan uh, hits him with an air raid crash. Dustin Rhodes kicks out at one, hulks up, big slugfest. Comes back, hits a code red, hits a pile driver. Both of them get two counts. Bishop Khan hits a shotgun drop kick, misses the corner charge, though. Uh, Rhodes hits the bulldog. Final reckoning, one, two, three. Dustin Rhodes gets the victory, but... Well, actually, let's talk about the match, and then we'll talk about the post-match.
1: I I really like this. Yeah. So much more than I was expecting. I'm trying not to be reductive about this, but there's very little to... Analyze, I guess, because it's a feeling that very few people can conjure, and one of them is Dustin Rhodes. So if you haven't watched Rampage, don't blame me. If you want to reduce this to the sum of its parts, you get a really methodical, slow beat down, get some color, struggle some more, fires up, trash talk, cowboy's last stand, and kicks ass. Yeah! It sounds so basic, and... About ninety-five percent of other wrestlers would not be able to do it, particularly against a level of wrestler like Bishop Khan, who is green, very athletic, yeah, looks nowhere, apart, looks yeah. apart. No, any of the finished article, and his control spots weren't particularly compelling in and of themselves. But Dustin Rhodes is so timeless, he's so masterful at the little things that he just elevated this match into something in the realm of an overachievement by just timing and emoting and just doing the basics to near perfection. This was so much better than I had any right to be. I was watching Rampage, of all shows, hungover at like half six in the morning, and I was fired up. Yeah. Couldn't I? Dustin Rose is a master. This is lovely to see. Um I hope the style of wrestling never goes away. Mm. Why would you throw this away if you can perform it like this? And one of my key thoughts before we get to the post-match, which I'll touch on very quickly because it was just obligatory. um, I want to watch Dustin Rhodes versus Jay White. Ooh, I like that. I really think that he's the heel to get. Mm. I think, Dustin Rhodes has said he's retiring this year, if they want to do something big with Jay White. And they do. They didn't sign him to be just a guy. They've booked him to kind of be just a guy, but that's not their intention. I just think they've failed at <laughs> booking him better. Jay White retiring Dustin Rhodes. I think they'd compliment each other wonderfully. I think Jay White's got years left, obviously, and I think their styles and their approaches would mesh yeah. brilliantly and create pro wrestling magic. That really heartbreaking but effective pro wrestling magic. I am going to tweet that. Later. Good. I like that.
0: Um, but yeah, the post match was about the uh, Swerve and Keith Lee saga continuing. Because in comes Brian Cage, power bombs Dustin Rhodes. Swerve comes down to the ring in his own inimitable style, smiles at this beat down. But here comes Keith Lee, looks like jacked as well. Yeah, that pose at the end. I was just looking at his body. <laughs> um, but here Clearing. comes here comes Keith Lee. Um, Brian Cage, Bishop Corn go to cut him off. Um, but he takes them both down. He stares at Swerve. He climbs into the ring, but he's taking too long. Cage and Khan come back in and attack him with some uh, punches and a uh, chair shot. Cage gets Lee up, though. An amazing visual, that. Gets him up on his shoulders. F5s him onto the chair. Um, and he gets sat on the chair. And Swerve hits the uh, Swerve stomp whilst Dustin Rhodes watches on. Pissing blood everywhere. Uh, and the heel stand over the lifeless body of Keith Lee to close out this show
1: another chair assisted beat down on the same show that's lazy I can't tell what I want more um I don't want another match added especially after the trios won we expect to happen that trio's title I don't need another singles match added um even though you're know, all going well I'm going I want the American experience of like a full night's sleep and watching it without having to go to bed for four hours and wake up at one (laughs) o'clock. Yes. I don't know if they'll really feel long when you're there. Yeah. At the same time, this is a cold match. A long show ahead. Maybe a lot of the players get... I would take Cage, Rhodes, Lee, and Swerve. Those four in the um, Blackjack Battle Royal. Okay. So I can continue the story and then pay off Keith Lee... Versus Swerve Strickland. If nothing else, I deserve a big dynamite mm. main event because that's a good, good I point think might get, get lost in the shuffle a bit. They'll yeah. Get, yeah, I'll get swallowed whole by this show, I think, if they do a singles match because it's just cold. It's cold and they've taken too long and it's, uh, it's too late. Yeah. It's too late. <laughs> too late. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Right, let us know your thoughts on AW Rampage on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch they you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Um, Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to what Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, the SmackDown Review is available right now, and myself and the Dadly Boys will be back later on today to preview Monday Night Raw. But for now, this has been the AW Rampage Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.